and welcome to episode 14 of The Jared White Show, recorded September 11th, 2018. I'm, of course, your host, Jared White, and I invite you to join me in a curated celebration of the art form that is the web. Well, today it's 9-11 and a sad day of remembrance here in America. But this show isn't sad because we have a super awesome lineup of cool topics to dive into. We're going to be talking about Mastodon 2.5 in a new segment called the Mastodon Moment. We're going to be talking about crazy rich Asians in the marquee segment. And we're going to talk about the new Nike ad with Colin Kaepernick's voiceover and a whole lot more. By the way, I'm recording this by the beach. Just kidding. I'm actually by our neighborhood pool. I just felt like getting out of the house. I'm trying my uh, clip mic digital from Sennheiser here, so the audio quality comes through all right. Um, there's a, a podcast I listen to from Six Colors. It's their secret podcast for Six Colors members. Um, and they've done a podcast outside a couple times, and I actually really enjoyed it. Like the thought of them sitting outside, looking around at the world instead of just in a studio somewhere. Uh, it was quite entertaining. So I'll paint the picture here. I'm looking at a beautiful aquamarine pool. I'm underneath a big uh, sort of overhang where there's uh, pillowed chairs and sofas around. Um, and it's actually good I'm underneath something because it's actually been raining. <laughs> so when you think pool, don't think like gorgeous, uh, you know, 85 degree blue skies and sunshine weather. It's actually completely cloudy and overcast and misty and actually kind of rainy here, um, which is quite appropriate for Portland in the Pacific Northwest. I'm actually really loving it. I, I didn't really like hot weather this summer. <laughs> it's like, I moved up here to Portland. I want the clouds. I want the mist. What's going on here? Why is it 90 degrees and I'm sweltering? Um, so I'm much happier now. Uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm enjoying being outside. Um, but you don't want to hear all that, do you? You want to hear what I'm actually here to talk to you about on this podcast. So let's start with the meta segment. You know, there's been a lot of talk about social justice in the news for quite a long time now. It's been a topic of discussion frequently on social media. It's also been a topic of discussion specifically in the last few days among Christians in America, particularly uh, discussing the statement on social justice and the gospel, which was put out by a group of evangelicals. And uh, just to be clear, <laughs> I'm not advocating for this statement in any way, shape, or form. In fact, I'm actually currently working on a lengthy essay about why I strongly disagree with it. Um, but what I really want to talk to you about right now is something I've noticed about social justice concerns when they come up. People talk about their experiences, you know, injustices that they've experienced in their lives, and the first reaction of somebody is not to believe it. They just don't believe it. They, they dismiss it. They, they, they act like the person is, is either making it up or exaggerating it, or somehow misinformed, or not understanding the context of what happened. And essentially, it's like, you know, just shutting the person down entirely. And I know there's terms for that, like gaslighting and various things. Um, 
But the thing that disturbs me is I feel like this happens all the time, at least on the internet, in social media and other places where you know, someone comes along just basically to tell their story, something that happened to them either recently or long ago in the past, and people just refuse to accept the validity of their statements. Now, I'm not saying that something that they're prescribing needs to be accepted. Like if somebody says, I suffered an injustice, therefore we need to, and maybe it's, you know, enact laws or, you know, some other thing that they think needs to be done, new policies in the workforce or whatever. I'm not saying that everyone should just agree with that, but what I'm saying is when somebody says, here's what happened to me, and someone essentially says, you're wrong, or I don't believe you, or you're making something up about this situation, I, that, I find that very disturbing. Why, why are we so quick to jump all over somebody just for sharing their story? You know, I feel like we should do the opposite. I feel like when people tell you things, believe them. Just believe people when they tell you things, you know, unless you have good reason not to. You know, if you know something about them and you know them to be chronic liars or to exaggerate everything. I mean, you know, we might know people in our lives, you know, close family or friends, maybe, <laughs> I'm not naming any names, uh, that are you know, prone to exaggeration. So when they tell you about a story, you can figure, okay, there's, there's a grain of truth here. You know, basically, they're telling me about something that happened, but you know, they're exaggerating how crazy it was or how strange it was or, or you know, how angry the other person was. Or, you know, there's something about it that's a, a little bit you know, biased by their own perceptions. Um, but in general, I just feel like when people tell you things, you should believe them. You know, what, what right do we have to tell other people what's really going on in their lives? You know, if somebody on Twitter says, I'm a person of color and I've been discriminated against in th these ways, in this situation, in this situation, and this happened, and this happened, what right do I have to come along and say, well, that doesn't matter you're not correct in your assessment of these situations or you're flat out wrong or I don't believe you or you know you're just trying to stir up trouble you're just you know you just have an axe to grind you have an agenda like all these efforts to just immediately dismiss somebody that really bothers me now I feel like this does go both ways you know I, I'm, I'm all the categories that are, are bad now in the social justice uh, conversation I'm white I'm male, <laughs> I'm of European descent. Okay, I'm also of Jewish descent, so maybe I can you know, sneak a little bit of the Jewishness in here and, and claim some victim status. <laughs> um, but uh, basically, like, you know, I'm uh, you know, heterosexual, cisgender, like all, all of the things that are, that are you know, bad now uh, in the sense of you know, being part of the, the oppressor camp. Um, you know, that, that's who I am. So, you know, I, I feel like uh, to, to a certain degree, if, if I come out with any sort of statement whatsoever about any kind of discrimination I've ever faced or any kind of situation I've ever been in where I felt, you know, you know somebody was prejudiced against me or whatever, I don't feel like anyone's going to take that seriously. And I get it, you know, I, I understand. I understand how this works. Um, you know, just as an example, um, I don't eat pork or shellfish. You know, that's a that's a choice I've made for for mainly health reasons, but um, also to sort of be honoring to my my Jewish heritage as well. Um, and I've had that flat out dismissed by people. You know, I've had people basically laugh in my face when I tell them I don't eat pork, and they just think I'm nuts. They're just like, "How could you not eat bacon? You know, bacon's amazing," or something like. They just they they dismiss my food preferences. 
and just you know completely treat it like it doesn't mean anything. And I find that offensive. I really do. I find it offensive when someone just dismisses you know something that I've done as a lifestyle choice that you know I feel like I have very important reasons for. Now I realize, you know, believe me, I realize that this isn't even close. This doesn't even touch into the category of of areas where you know people get uh, discriminated against because of the color of their skin or their sexual preferences or gender identity or you know, whatever it may be. You know, like all of those things, like you know, are are so far beyond you know, me being discriminated against because I don't like bacon. But I'm just saying, like, you know, there, we live in a culture where some people just, uh, their, their first instinct when they find out that somebody is a certain way that they don't quite understand or agree with, uh, instead of just listening to the person and believing them and accepting what they say at face value, uh, they just dismiss it out of hand. Uh, so I feel like, you know, we can talk about social justice till the cows come home but at the base level of this conversation, we have to come to a place where everyone's willing just to listen and just to believe people's stories and to believe people's experiences and to you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, again, you don't have to accept someone's prescription for what to do about things, but you do have to accept that they're telling you a story about their lives and you know, unless there's obvious reason to believe that they're intentionally trying to deceive you or lie to you, you know, I think that we just need to believe people. So that's the, that's the meta segment word of the day. Believe people when they tell you things. It'll, it'll help everyone out, trust me. All right, and now we're on to the next segment of the show, which is called The Mastodon Moment. I talked a lot about Mastodon, the new open source federated social network, on the last episode of the show. It was a really popular episode. I think I uh, got a lot of traction on that because of people who are using Mastodon listening to the show. Uh, so this, this uh, Mastodon moment segment is for you guys on the Mastodon networks. So first off, Mastodon 2.5.0 is out. Uh, it has a lot of cool new features. There's a link in the show notes to the blog post all about it. A lot of improvements to the administration and moderation tools, which is good because uh, moderation is becoming more and more of a concern with Mastodon, uh, which I'll talk a little bit about in a moment. Um, there's also a new feature called Federation Relays. Uh, so the idea here is that if somebody spins up a new Mastodon server, uh, it, it kind of takes a while. You know. You, People have to sign up on that server and follow people, and people have to follow the people on this server in order to start to get content to kind of permeate into the database. And uh, the Federation Relay actually helps uh, mitigate some of that. It basically seeds a new server with a whole bunch of toots. Toots are sort of the equivalent of tweets. And um, so this, the new servers will get you know, a whole bunch of content sort of shared with them right away from a Federation Relay server. And that way, it makes it easier for new instances to come online and instantly have um, you know, lots of content in the local timelines there. There's been a lot of improvements in Mastodon 2.5 to uh, uh, profile pages. There's new features where you can basically uh, highlight other accounts. I haven't actually used this yet myself, um, but you can basically you know, kind of like blog rolls of old. You can kind of say like, uh, hey, here's some other people to follow, and it's sort of baked into your profile, uh, which is really cool. 
Um, because of the way Mastodon and federated social networks work, um, a lot of people's accounts are going to be spread across a whole bunch of different instances of Mastodon. So the thing that can be a little tricky sometimes is, is how you follow somebody. You know, if, if I'm using my own instance at openweb.social and somebody is, uh, you know, Joe Smith at something else.com, uh, I can't go follow Joe you know, directly from my own openweb.social instance because Joe isn't on my instance. So I have to go to his instance and go to his profile page there, but now I'm on that server. So if I click follow there, it doesn't necessarily know who is requesting to follow. So there's this feature called remote follow. So it's actually pretty simple and pretty ingenious. If I'm on Joe's page and I click follow, all I have to do is type in my own uh, Jared at openweb.social and click go, and then it'll basically redirect to my own server, and now I can follow the person. It's pretty seamless. Uh, you know, it's a little bit less elegant than you know a service like Twitter or Facebook, where everything's completely centralized and integrated. Um, but it's about as as good as we get, uh, I think, with the federated social networking model. Um, I, I definitely like it. Um, so that, that actually isn't entirely a new feature, but it's been improved in Mastodon 2.5. And there's also ways to basically do like replies and favorites and boosts and things uh, through a remote interaction uh, process as well. So uh, if you're on somebody's profile page on their own instance, you can click reply. It'll basically like let you redirect to your own instance in order to draft that reply. So uh, things of that nature make the whole system a lot more seamless. Um, but a feature that isn't even really uh, highlighted too much in the release notes for Mastodon 2.5, which I feel is huge, and I'm very excited about that, is uh, custom CSS. So with the custom CSS option for administrators, uh, you can basically uh, just you know, put in some CSS code, and that um, basically updates the custom style sheet that's associated with that instance. So you can do things like change colors, change fonts, you know, potentially even you know, switch around icons and move things around to your liking. Uh, so it really allows administrators of Mastodon instances the ability to customize the experience for them and their users. Uh, so for me, the first thing I did, the very first thing for my own instance at openweb.social was to change the font to Fira Sans. Fira is a font family from the Mozilla Foundation. They're the folks behind the Firefox browser. And I absolutely love Fira. It's the font for my own website at jaredwhite.com. I use the Fira code font family for all my development work on, on websites and applications. Um, Fira Sans is uh, now the default font on openweb.social. So if I go view my timelines and various uh, things through my own Mastodon instance, uh, I get to see my awesome font that I love. So <laughs> this makes me very happy. And it's something that would be absolutely impossible to do with Facebook or Twitter unless you essentially, you know, hack the sites through your browser through some kind of, you know, browser extension or something. Um, so anyway, uh, this is just uh, one of many things that I love about uh, the direction of uh, Mastodon development. I think 2.5 is a really nice release. And uh, hopefully the vast majority of Mastodon instances in the very near future will be rocking 2.5. All right, one other thing to talk about on, uh, on this segment, the Mastodon moment segment. Um, I want to dive a little bit into the question of how to handle trolls and mobs 
and other sort of uh, ills that can plague social media in general. Uh, how do we handle that in the Fediverse? How do we handle that through Mastodon tools? Um, this kind of came to the forefront recently because Will Wheaton, yes, that Will Wheaton, who played Wesley in Star Trek The Next Generation and many other fine roles since, uh, he actually did a stint on the show Dark Matter not so long ago, which I absolutely loved. He was fantastic as a villain, uh, a villainous corporate techno guy of uh, ill repute in the show Dark Matter, uh, so he was great in that. But, um, but Will Wheaton, I guess, uh, has done some things people don't like uh, you know, around social justice issues and you know, dealings with, uh, with people in, in good ways or bad, and uh, basically the argument boils down to Will Wheaton trying to defend himself, saying, you know, he's not all these things that he's accused of, and here's why, and here's what he's done about it. Um, but then there's a whole bunch of people that think he's mistaken, that he hasn't done enough, that he's trying to fool everybody, that he's, he's uh, you know, trying to act like he's a goody-two-shoes sort of guy when he's really not, he's a bad dude. And so there's this whole divide. Um, and basically what happened is he was getting sort of mobbed after he had joined Mastodon a little while back. Uh, and the moderators of the instance he was on, after getting so many complaints, decided to suspend his account there. And of course, he was very upset. He wrote a whole blog post about it and basically said, I'm done with social media. I came to Mastodon because I wanted to get away from all this crap on Twitter, and now I just ran into the same crap, so that's it. I'm out of here. Um, so I don't really want to go into whether he's right or wrong or his accusers are right or wrong. Uh, that's not what I'm concerned with in this conversation. Uh, what I'm more concerned with in general is you know, how do we handle situations like this? How do we handle instances where, uh, or situations, I mean, <laughs> let's not confuse the terminology. How do we handle situations where uh, somebody who's, uh, you know, fairly well-known, fairly prominent, who's a member of a Mastodon instance, what do we do when the moderators of that instance get a huge number of complaints and, you know, have to decide what to do about it? Um, you know, this is a very dif different situation than we get with Facebook or Twitter. You know, if somebody like Will Wheaton is accused of a whole bunch of awful things uh, on Twitter or on Facebook, it's up to the crew at Facebook or Twitter, you know, people that are, you know, obviously getting paid and are either freelancers or employees who deal with content moderation, you know, it's up to those people to make a determination of if there's been a violation of terms of service or, you know, what's going on, why are there all these complaints, why are things getting flagged and so forth. Um, you know, in the Mastodon world, um, for the most part, I think everyone is just kind of in this for the love of it. You know, most people running instances are doing so, you know, in sort of a nonprofit volunteer manner. Uh, they're not necessarily, you know, paid anything to do that. You know, maybe they're asking for some donations like through Patreon or whatever to keep the instance going, but that's about it. Um, you know, so what do you do here? Well, I actually have a thought. I have a thought of one, one way to sort of resolve things. Um, you know, it's not going to necessarily work now, but it might work down the road. And that is, uh, you know, what if somebody set up an instance specifically for celebrities or, you know, people that have and attract a large following and therefore can run into these sort of, you know, troll and mob issues, justified or not. Um, you know, what if there's an instance, you know, let's just for the sake of argument, call it celebrity.social. So if Will Wheaton had been a member of that, you know, Will at celebrity.social, um, you know, 
presumably the moderators there would, would, would have policies in place for this sort of thing, would you know, expect it, would know what to do. Uh, and I could even imagine that being a paid service. You know, if you're a celebrity and you want basically someone to sort of handle these social media issues that come up, um, you know, pay, pay a chunk of money. You know, have, have uh, you know, my people will talk to your people, have some exchange of monies. And, uh, you know, now you're on an a instance that, uh, you know, is uh, you know, not necessarily going to protect you in the sense of like, you know, keeping you immune from criticism, but just know how to handle situations that come up. You know, have clear policies for, you know, hey, if you're a celebrity on this instance and you're being accused of whatever, like, you know, we, we have a model to, to deal with this kind of situation. This is, this is what we do. This is why we're here. Um, so that's one way to do it. You know, if I were a pretty enterprising fellow and had some connections with folks in, you know, I don't know, Hollywood and Broadway and the Silicon Valley tech scene or, you know, whatever, like, you know, places where <laughs> celebrities tend to come from, um, you know, if I had some connections, uh, maybe I would take this upon myself and, and uh, build a service like that. But, um, you know, generally speaking, I think like, you know, if you're a person of, of, uh, of renown uh, and you join just, you know, some, some random Mastodon instance that just may be totally ill-equipped to handle with the fallout that could happen when, when things arise, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's always going to be a problem. That's always going to be a flaw in the system. Uh, so we need to, to figure out ways to, to deal with that more effectively. Um, so that's my idea, but you might have totally different ideas, and that's cool too. Please let me know. Uh, you know, you can uh, toot me at jared at openweb.social, and we can talk about this on Mastodon. Uh, or you can go to my website, jaredwhite.com, and send me a message through that. And uh, either way, I'd love to hear from you. And this has been the Mastodon Moment. And now on to our marquee segment. I have for you today my movie review. I went out to the theater and I saw Crazy Rich Asians and I loved it. I loved this movie. I thought it was really, really, really well done, clever, interesting story absolutely breathtakingly gorgeous scenes places uh you know just everything everyone has been saying about the the rich the 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 lush visuals of the movie are are absolutely right on uh constance Wu does a great job playing rachel chu and uh you know the sort of uh, fish out of water story that she has to go through i think she did an excellent job there henry golding plays nick young her boyfriend and it's crazy uh henry golding is an actor actually where this is his first movie <laughs> this is his first movie he's been in um he's been more of like a, a person in tv broadcasting up to this point so um you know way to go henry uh you got a smash hit uh cinematic moment uh, on your resume here right out of the gate so uh, good for you and uh, Michelle Yeoh is in the movie playing well I- I'll just let you find out I-, I feel like it's almost spoiling it to even say like why she's in the movie but she does an absolutely fantastic job as usual I love Michelle Yeoh every time I see her in anything it's just incredible so uh, she does a great job as usual 
Um, <clears throat> an actress I wasn't familiar with, Gemma Chan. She plays Astrid in the movie. And interestingly enough, she's actually a character in the upcoming Captain Marvel movie. She'll be playing Minerva. I'm not sure who Minerva is because I'm not uh, up on my Captain Marvel comics lore. Um, but uh, if she does as good of a job in Captain Marvel as she did in Crazy Rich Asians, uh, I'm sure it'll be a fantastic part. But like I said, I love the movie. Uh, it was a really fun story. It had tragedy. It had joy. It had fun. It had romance. It had travel. It had pretty much everything you'd want in a movie like this. Um, the weird thing, though, is there's a few people out there that are <laughs> uh, moaning and complaining about one thing or another. And I don't know if this is like a real, like, valid segment of the movie going populist or just a bunch of grumpy trolls on the Internet. Uh, it's really hard to say, but I'll just read a few things from these morons. <laughs> I was looking through IMDb and just kept shaking my head because it was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? So, so here's one. Here's a review for you materialistic story and superficial acting couldn't help rolling my eyes that people still think marrying rich and god digging i think you mean gold digging god digging is cool strongly disgusted okay the movie actually has the opposite message from what that is what that person just said it's like the opposite message so way to go completely misunderstanding the entire point of the movie <laughs> here's another one found the movie to be overhyped the story was essentially the typical American rom-com, but with Asians. Asians that mostly speak English. All right, well, that's obviously so racist that it doesn't even uh, <laughs> rise to the level of requiring a response. So let's move on to another one here. Very disappointed. The plot line was so cliche. The acting was third-rate, especially the girlfriend. I heard one laugh in the audience in the entire, entirely too long two hours. Okay, well, I don't know about you, but I was in an audience of not even very many people. Like, I went to the theater at a time where there weren't very many people there at all, and everyone was laughing. I mean, there were so many funny movements that were just laugh-out-loud funny, and people there were having a great time. So, you know, considering I was in a movie theater where there was almost no one there, and I and everyone else there was laughing, <laughs> then, you know, this is just completely ridiculous. So anyway, if you go on IMDb to try to find out if you, want, if you should see this movie and you see all these crazy reviews, I mean, just all kinds of awful stuff, I can only surmise that this is just, you know, flat-out racism or something. I don't know. But, um, you know, ignore that. Go see the movie. It's fantastic. I loved it. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, I, I can't highly recommend it enough. So uh, go check out Crazy Rich Asians. I'm pretty sure that you'll love it as much as I did. All right, and now for the image segment, the final segment of the show. Uh, I want to talk to you about the new Nike ad that recently came out. Uh, this is causing quite a stir. Uh, the voiceover for the ad is supplied by Colin Kaepernick. And uh, he, of course, is the, the controversial NFL player who took a knee, who bowed down when everyone was supposed to stand for the national anthem. Now everyone's freaking out, of course, if you're, if you're allowed to, to protest an issue like uh, social justice or whatever by, by kneeling when everyone's supposed to stand patriotic. Um, so it's just... Uh, it's just crazy that, that uh, we're having this, this national debate about uh, <laughs> if you can kneel on a football field or not. Um, but anyway, uh, Nike decided to do something bold and have him in the ad. 
Uh, most of the time, he's just the voiceover, and it's focusing on other people and other things. And you know, honestly, if you didn't see him appear for like I don't know three seconds in one part of the clip, you might even not realize that he had anything to do with it. Um, but he does appear uh, in person. You get to see him and, and his uh, amazing. I have to say, I actually, I, I'm not a football player at all. I don't watch football. Uh, I, I've only sort of been vaguely aware of, of all the controversy surrounding Colin Kaepernick. So I didn't really know what he looked like. And so when I saw him, I was like, wow, that is an afro. Like, wow, that is, that is quite an amazing hairdo. Uh, I love it, love it, love it. So, uh, you know, you get to see him and his fro in the ad itself. And um, so I just want to say, like, controversy aside, I liked the ad. I didn't love it. Um, nothing to do with him, though. I didn't love it because I felt like it was a little bit over the top with all the sort of rah-rah, like, be the best in the world, you can do anything, anybody can do anything if they put their mind to it, no limitations, don't just be the best sort of this thing or that thing, be the best ever, and it was, it was yeah, like, that, that sort of rhetoric, I feel, can get, uh, you know, way way overblown and it you know i guess it makes for a good ad good inspirational ad from an inspirational you know athletic goods company um but you know i felt like they they could have made essentially the same point being a little bit more subtle and a little bit like you know knock you over the head um you know, ads like this remind me of the famous think different ad from apple about you know here's to the crazy ones the misfits the rebels the square pegs and the round holes and you know you can vilify them or disagree with them but you can't ignore them and you know i i I think that's an absolutely fantastic message i love that ad i love that message uh nike could have done something i think as iconic as that this go around but i don't think they did i don't think they quite rose to that level of of brilliance um you know but it's generally speaking i think it's a decent ad i think it it serves its purpose um, you know, having Colin in it is totally understandable. You know, people that are all upset about the fact that Nike uh, had Colin in this ad just, you know, obviously don't seem to understand, like, you know, what Nike is about in their marketing, you know, what kind of, of ads they, <laughs> they've done over the years. Um, you know, it, you, you can't push the envelope by playing it safe. Like, you just can't. Like, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to push the envelope, if you're going to be bold, if you're going to make a statement... Of course you're going to do something that's controversial. Of course you're going to do something that gets people talking. So, you know, if, if, you're, you know, if you're listening to this show and you happen to be politically conservative and you're wondering if you should go out and, you know, burn your pair of Nike shoes or whatever, like, yeah, don't bother. Like, it's, that's, just, that's just silly. You know, you can like the ad, you can not like the ad. You know, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was brilliant. Um, but, uh, you know, let, let's not just get, like, crazy, you know, off the wall, like mad and, and all bent out of shape about it. You know, it's just, that's just silliness. Um, but that's my thought, you know, if you totally disagree with me, if you do agree with me either way, I'd love to hear from you. And, um, this actually wraps up the show. So once again, I just want to thank you for listening. Uh, you can reach me at jaredwhite.com. Just click the message button there or click the follow button to subscribe to my email newsletter. Uh, you can also converse with me on Mastodon, and I encourage you to do so. You can follow me at jared at openweb.social. That's jared at openweb.social. 
and it's actually raining quite heavily again. I can see all the raindrops in the pool here and it's even starting to waft a little bit into my uh, overhang area here. So it's a good time to wrap things up. All right, folks, that's all for today. I'll see you next time. Bye.